This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 371 being recorded on October 14th, 2015. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Waldron. And I'm Alan Malentano. And it's here. we got another week of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to call this the Asus Hour uh, <laughs> once we get past the ad break today. The uh, Asus Hour of Power. That's right. Yeah, every time a minute passes, you have to take a shot of Asus. And uh, whoever's still standing at the end loses? I love Asus juice. I guess. I'm going to go with... Asus needs your money. Okay. Siri was listening to me the whole time, and I don't... <laughs> it was like I don't right, see sure. I, I don't see insert bad translation of what you were just saying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. In any event, uh welcome so every to the time, show everybody. Every time we say Asus, take a shot. Yeah. Of something. Of Asus juice. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. Okay. Uh we do record the show live on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh we do that at pcper.com slash Live, um, I had to remember for a second. It took me a while, and I'm getting very confused by the mouse next to this laptop. But the mouse is not attached to this laptop; it is attached it's to a separate attached to the laptop, other laptop. And it's really, really getting to me. Uh, and I can only imagine that's going to get worse throughout the the evening. Um, if you want a reminder about when we do the shows live, you can sign up for our mailing list at pcper.com/slash/subscribe. It looks like this. You just get a little form here that asks for your name and your email. Wrong mouse. You hit submit, oh, and uh, right you get signed up for our mailing list. And we send you a little note, you know, an hour or two hours before we do our live stream. So you can make sure you're here and join into the chat room and have a bunch of fun uh, with us there. Um, and maybe we'll even put links to funny Photoshops that people do of us where Ken is a dog and I'm a woman. And that's a little bit unnerving to me now that I said it out loud. In such a way, surprisingly, that's okay. Accurate. I don't have a brain. You don't have a brain. That's kind of. But they true. got the hair, like the red hair, and yeah. like the yeah. like the hairiness, correct? Right, like that one at least fits better than most, I would say, in terms of the Photoshop. So you have to go into the chat room and find the Twitter message that somebody sent us uh, about that. It's uh, it's we'll say interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the stuff that happened this week. Alan, you posted a story, um, which I will be the first to admit, when you told me what you were doing, I was like, wow, I could not imagine anything less exciting <laughs> and less useful for me Ryan than over. hearing about Ryan, Ryan looked over and saw a 40-inch Seiki full of, um, full of technical documents on like, yeah. specs and like standards. For SD cards, and he's like, "What are you doing over so, there?" <laughs> so you wrote up a piece that um, you were originally going to include in a review, and yep. a couple of us said, "Hey, well, let's make this a separate thing." It seems to have done a good job with that. This is SD card speed classes, grades, bus modes, file systems explained. Yep, and it's interesting in that, um, like these, these are all the things you see on you know the front of SD card packaging or in right. the specs and you might not necessarily have a freaking clue what I, any of it does. Like I saw right? this three in a bucket and this one in a bucket and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. They've got a one in a bucket. Uh-huh. And it's actually a U3, U1. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so what what is what is kind of the takeaway from all this, right? Like, it's interesting. This first table talks about speed classes, but these are minimums, not like expected. They're all minimums. Okay, everything on that chart is just minimum write speeds. So it, the idea talk about write, read speeds at all? It's, no, nothing to do with reads. Huh. Okay. It's write speeds. The re- reads could go. Reads will generally go much faster than that anyway because it's flash memory. So the writes are always slower on flash sure. memory. Um, but yeah, it, the idea is you know you put this in a camera or a video recorder because that's what those cards are mostly used for. Right. So all of those uh, specs there have to do with minimum, you know, sending data to that card, right? Minimum serial data. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, and it's um, most importantly, it's for video. Sure. Right? Because with the camera, yeah, you could take a still and you might kind of fill up the buffer sooner if the card is slow or it's not that big of a deal. If you're doing burst modes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with video, it's kind of vital. Mm-hmm. Right, and the the rates are not that fast. Even like the the fastest of those specs is only thirty meg per second. Right, and that's what they recommend for four K video recording. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so so interesting. So basically, looking at those numbers alone doesn't really tell you any kind of the picture. If you want to know, like, sure, you know, it's just if is it <coughs> is it compatible enough? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it going to work like in my camera and not like drop frames in a recorded video or just not just, you know that kind of a thing. But it doesn't tell you anything as far as, like, how quickly can I empty the card? How, right. you know, that, that sort of stuff. Like, how fast can it, that card actually communicate if you put it in a system that has a really fast card reader? Like, um, um, like actually, that Lexar, um, no, I forgot the name of that whole unit. But that Lexar unit with the four pods in it. That right, USB 3 kind of yeah. card reader. Any, any reasonably fast USB 3 card reader. Yeah, but... Um, those U grades mm-hmm. also indicate that it's a UHS bus mode. Mm-hmm. So it gives a hint that the card might be able to go, in this case, much, much faster. Okay. Um, because the UHS speed grades uh, go, down here? go all the way, yeah, go all the way up to uh, 312 meg per second out of an SD card. Okay. Which is pretty darn fast. So, yeah, up here... Max bus speed, 312 megabytes per second and 52 megahertz. Yep. My favorite megahertz. Um, and is that the, 2.88 watts? Yes. That's the maximum allowed power draw of those cards. And it's interesting because those are passive devices. They are. So it's it's how much power can your camera or card reader supply to through. the card? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. And if you scroll down a little further, there's actually, uh, that is the UHS-2 standard which adds more pins. Yeah, like if you look at this, so this is the micro SD one on the right. That's yep. that's a lot of pins on a tiny little thing. It is. Yeah. It is. We actually have one of those cards in, um, and it's able to do like 150 meg per second on reads. Wow. It's hmm. pretty darn fast, just considering it's that little tiny card like that. Um, so it's basically just the way that these things have evolved over the years. Um you know, just to go go faster and faster. Right. But even the ones that do go faster, it's very rare to find. Even right now, if you buy even a modern SLR, chances are it's not going to go into a UHS mode to write to the card. It will probably just be like, you know. So the performance uh, differentiators on SD cards and micro SD cards is really about the other side of the picture. Yeah, right? it's, it's about yeah. loading it back onto your PC, importing those photos, importing those videos, that type of thing. Yeah, basically. Still. And, that, and that's where if you can, um, like if you're really looking to unload cards quickly, you'd want to get a card that can do UHS-2, which actually has like a ROM, like a II this thing on right the here. card. Yeah. Um, looks like a two ROM 
Roman yeah. eyes on there yep. in a row. Um, so those are going to go, like at a minimum, the bus speed will be 156 meg per second. That's if it's in full duplex mode, which can write and read at the same time. Basically, it's writing over one set, one half of those added pins, and it's reading from the other half of those added pins, the, the added row of pins. Right. Um, but again, even though we have all those, those are all just bus speeds, which is the equivalent of saying like SATA 6 gigabit. Right. right? Doesn't mean the SSD is going to go the full 6 gigabit, right? Now they kind of all do. Sure. But SD cards are not to that point yet. Right, every every UHS two SD card you buy doesn't automatically go 312 meg per second. So is that what this X speed rating is? That's what the X speed ratings are, um, and those Which, are optional. They're not part of the requirement per the spec. Uh, okay. As and so I, like I included this Lexar that, professional shows 2000 X. Uh huh. But this Kingston here doesn't show Jack. It doesn't show anything. Okay. Um, and this one says elite performance. Yeah. <laughs> Now it does say ninety megabytes per second. Yeah, that so actually the there. best one on there was the Panasonic card. Uh, it didn't give you an X rating, but it gave you the actual a read and a write. Yeah, like it gave you a read mm. and it gave you a write. A, getting a write speed is very very rare on the label mm. of these things. But you know, if you're going to put something on there and you're not required to put either, you're probably just going to put the right. bigger number, right? Um, yeah, you start looking at some of these yeah. these labels now. So this, okay, this has the Roman numeral 2U3, 280 megabytes per second. Yep, 300 megabytes per second. Yep. yep. And, there's, and the funny thing was with the SanDisk one right there, I actually had a different SanDisk card picture mm-hmm. um, that was uh, UHS-1, not 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only like 95 meg per second. But other than those two small changes to the label, the label was identical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like you have to really be looking for, like, I want to know how, okay, let's look for a meg per second or let's look for, a, you know, Roman numeral two, that sort of stuff. So does the speed of uh, the, do these cards change as the capacity fills up in any way? Not really. Um, in reads or writes? Well, only because you wouldn't do what you would normally do to an SSD to slow it down to one of these random. cards. Yeah, you, you don't hit these with You're random. doing serial data in. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could read them at random, like random access. Sure, but that and, doesn't And affect. it's great. You know, it's flash memory does that just like it does it sequentially. Okay. You know, it doesn't really affect anything. Um, but yeah, the writes are meant to be sequential, and they're also meant to be aligned a specific way. Which leads us to the last part, the last part file of this, systems. which is the file systems. Yeah. Um, there's a, if you go down a little bit further, I think, there's a, that a disk management picture, which shows a few different SD cards there. Right? So there's like a you know, 16 gig, 64 gig, and a 512 gig. All three of those are SD cards. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them have like extra unallocated space at the beginning of them. Right. Yep. At, at least as far as Windows understands. Um and that's, like, by design. The cards came that way. And your first instinct might be to be, like, that doesn't look right. Let me get rid of that partition, and I'll remake the new partition. Mm-hmm. Well, you might actually be, like, reducing life of the SD card if you do that, or reducing the write performance hmm. if you do that. Because if that partition isn't aligned the way that the SD card is meant for it to be aligned, right, yeah. the active space, the space you might actually put files, um, then, you know, you're, you're kind of, it would be... The same thing as like when you used to use SSDs that were 4K aligned with like right. Windows XP, right? Same kind of thing. The offset is a little bit different. You might actually wear it out quicker. It might not perform as well. Yeah. So, uh, and 
when I was researching this piece, I, it was only then that I learned that there is an SD card association formatter. That's a Windows, yes. it's a Windows and a Mac utility, okay. and it will do exactly. I verified this. It will do the exact same thing that a camera that formats the card in the camera to that same spec will do. Gotcha. Like it, the partition comes out the exact same alignment either way, um, which is good, right? There's a way to get it back. Um, the other way is you know just with your camera. Um, and then the very last thing to bring up here is that there is a. If you you probably got to scroll, there's this weird compatibility little crisscross yep. arrow matrix thing. Yep. And that has to do with SD SD card regular SD cards SDHC and SDXC. And all those things have nothing to do with the speeds as much as they have to do with the possible capacities that you can have stored on them. Okay. Um, and the file system changes. Like you've got. I mean, fat. this makes sense. You're basically saying it's everything basically, is backwards compatible to SD. Yeah. But and it's basically a FAT16, FAT32, and then EX FAT. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much that how sense. that works, yeah. right? Look at that graph. It um, makes sense. And you can have a FAT32 partition that goes larger than two gig or larger than 32 gig. It's possible. But it might not be something that the device expects to see, right? If it sees SDXC gotcha. and it's, you know, think about it. It's just like a camera firmware. It's not super complicated and like mounts and you know mounts a file system the the typical way that an operating system like a full blown right. operating system would do is just like some little bit of code in the firmware that's like okay the card's this big must be this kind of partition because that's what the the standard you know calls for huh. so just be careful right it's the idea is like make sure you're using the right you know leave the card format how it was when you got it or reformat it with that formatter or format it in the camera do one of those things because you might corrupt the data that's on the card you might see a weird thing like you have a 64 gig card, and once it, once you've written 32 gig, it like ro- rolls over and starts rewriting over. That would be bad. Over the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's actually a possibility. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's the kind of things <laughs> that would that would bite you in the butt only after like you had imported stuff on the card. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, your file system just ev- evaporated like at the halfway full point. That would be bad. Um, yeah. So so yeah, yeah, basically just all sorts of information and words of caution, and you know anything you could ever want to know about. SD cards is all on this one page. Check it out. And yep. then this is pending. We'll have uh, at least a story, a review up relatively soon. There are several reviews coming all that have to do with cards that take advantage of the higher okay. parts of these specs. All right. Uh, let's dive into other stuff that happened. Uh, this machine, if you're watching the video version, this machine that's sitting here that is rather large and has this red background on it uh, with a with a dragon. And if you notice, his, oops, his eye is illuminated. Josh, does it frighten you? Yes. Does it frighten you? Yeah, look at that crap. Yeah, it should. It should. This is the MSI GT72S Dominator Pro G, and in particular, because that model number is not new mm-hmm. to the world of MSI laptops, um, this is uh, the one featuring the full-performance desktop class GTX 980 GPU in it. Right. So if you remember a few weeks back, maybe a month or so back, Ken and I went to New York, saw NVIDIA. They showed us all the, the machines using the new GTX 980. This is one of those machines. We posted up a quick preview of it. Not a whole lot of detail in this quite yet. Uh, I just wanted to get something out there since we got it in early. Uh, it's it a hell beefy. of a machine. It's yeah. 17.3 <laughs> inches. Uh, it's thick. It's uh, got it's, I mean, it's got six USB 3.0, 3.0 ports on oh, it. Right? It's got four audio connections <laughs> on this side. Uh, it's got a Blu-ray burner. That's um, pretty much a desktop class system just jammed I mean, into a laptop. It's and, got a 
6820 HK processor. It's a Skylake unlocked quad core hyper threaded so processor. Overclockable. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> In a laptop. The GPU is overclockable, uh, and it's got mini display port, USB 3.1, and HDMI output for display, so you could have triple monitors hooked up to this, uh, gigabit, Ethernet, and obviously a power input. I like the red styling on it. Um, 32 gigs of RAM, GTX 980 with 8 gigs of uh, memory on it. It has two MVME PCIe SSDs running in RAID 0. 951s, right? Yep. Yep. Um, it's a 1080p, 1080p, 75 hertz G-Sync monitor panel in it. Mobile G-Sync. Mobile G-Sync. Uh, it really has anything you can want it. Yeah, I can't. I literally can't think of anything to add. <laughs> like I would like that USB 3.1 to be Thunderbolt, maybe. Sure. Right. Yeah. Maybe okay. that's a thing. But USB 3.1 does support display output. Right. Yeah. So, like, you still get display throughput on it. Um, the downside to this is that it's $3,099 is its MSRP. Yeah. Which is $500 more than the same configuration or almost the same configuration with the GTX 980M instead of the GTX 980. But it comes with a backpack. But it does come with a backpack, so which a, is over my desk. So it's another $500? It needs to come with a backpack. <laughs> it's an expensive machine, and NVIDIA was pretty upfront about that. They said, look, this is not for... People who are worried about performance per dollars, people yeah. who want the best of everything all but the time. But neither is a $2,500 gaming laptop. It's not for people who are concerned about performance per dollar. No. But <laughs> 500 bucks is 500 bucks. It is. Yeah. Right? It is so. But it does perform way better than 98. So, yeah. yeah right? So, like, the storage, we got up to 3 gigs per second on it. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, real quick <laughs> blah, blah, summary blah. on performance. 3 gigs per second in a laptop. We have a blah, full blah, blah. review coming. Is like, Crisis 3, 1080p, very high, 4X MSAA. On the previous machine, we got 36 frames per second. On this one, we get 46 frames, frames per second. On GTA 5, we go from 52 to 62. So, you're talking anywhere from 20 to 30% additional battery life. Or I'm sorry, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. Twenty to thirty percent additional performance oh. for gaming oh. out of this machine with the 980 instead of the 980M. Okay. Um, here, Ken brought me this. This is the backpack that you get with it. Yeah, that's the makes it look kind of like a Ninja Turtle. You do look a little bit like a Ninja Turtle. Is it Turtle. reinforced on the bottom? Oh yeah. Oh, it's real strong. <laughs> yeah. That might be. Well, the bottom is not. Well, I think there's a pouch that it slides into that's not. I, I don't think the laptop uh. just sits against the bottom. Oh, you know no, I mean? no, no. Definitely not that. Yeah. That's a good feature. I used this backpack to take the laptop home so I could play Battlefront and stuff while that beta was going on. Yeah. So, you know, it was Nightly. good timing on my part or on MSI's part, I guess. Um, so th- we'll have a, a review of this I'm working on. We're going to look at the CPU performance because it's the first time we've seen a Skylake and we're going to see how far it overclocks. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about noise levels and all that, but um, a very impressive machine. Crank up the fans enough for it to hover over the table. I mean, hey, you were here when we were playing talking. Battlefront on Oh, yeah. It Play, playing Battlefront, it really was. It wasn't that loud. It was like, still it was pretty audible. quiet. Like, you could definitely hear it. Yeah. Um, but it was easy to see how if you had on headphones or speakers that it would never Honestly, just, be an issue. Honestly, yeah, just listening to the game was enough to overpower the, yeah. the sound that the yeah. fans was making. So so that's the, uh, the, the GTS... GT72S Dominator Pro G, and there's a there's a there's a there's a three digit moniker after GT72S, which will help determine like tell you which one this is specifically. Just in look terms at the price; it's fine. Yeah, yeah just, but thirty ninety nine is the one you'll look at. This one's ludicrous um, price. Yeah, <laughs> must have everything. That's a lot of dollars, guys. That's a lot of dollars. Uh, let's move on. We uh, oh, I have this one here too. We posted a review of the Lenovo Stack. 
ThinkPad stack. Yep. We talked about this at CES, I think, way back in January, if you guys remember that. And this is a collection of accessories from Lenovo that do this. They come apart very easily. Yep. And they're magnetic. Um, and what's interesting about them is that they have this interface on it here. Actually, I just this is easier to show on the story. Um, they have this interface. And that interface transfers power and data between the devices. Pogo pins. So here I have uh, a portable, this is the external battery, 10,000 milliamp hour battery, Mm -hmm. right? So what happens if you rub your tongue over it? Uh, Just like how you test any other battery. Do it. Uh, How dare you? No. It starts tingling. (laughs) Uh, So you've got this 10,000 milliamp hour battery. And here is a uh, wireless router, like a portable wireless router. You can power it through micro USB or do that. What? Boom. Now I can turn on the green light, and now we have a portable router and battery. Yep. Right? Shocking. Now I have this one terabyte external hard drive. And I add that on top of that. Now it doesn't and need power. You slap power. it on there because you don't care that it's and a now, spinning drive. Exactly. And now not it only wasn't spinning when I plugged. Not it only in. is that storage, but that storage available over the network. Right. On the router. So this is just a got por- router plugged It's in. got a portable hard drive with nope. USB 3.0 connection, router. but it's a wireless router, right? Um, and so that c- that creates a connection between the two devices that is yep. USB. Yep. So now the hard drive is connected to the router through USB, so it shows up as a network attached storage. Yeah. Right. And That's then sweet. we finish it off with this, a Bluetooth speaker. Which doesn't need to be in the stack. At all. It doesn't really need to be in the stack because yeah. it has its own internal battery, but it can use this battery. It's like an AIM charge as well. Like it'll will charge the Bluetooth speaker off of the other battery. Is that how that yeah. works? Okay. Yeah, it will. Uh, and so it has a microphone on it, too, so you can use it for conference calls or regular calls or whatever, right? It's not just a speaker. And the speaker sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. Surprisingly for its size. I think everybody in the office was, 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 was a little bit shocked by it. Um, so, so how long will that like neat, run? I don't. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, it obviously depends on what else you have hooked up to it. Depends yeah. on what you're doing a lot. They claim yeah, this will imagine. run eight hours by itself. Okay. All right. I could believe it. We'll see. Um, it's a 10,000 milliamp hour battery, so I think for a pretty good while. Yeah, just router to hard drive. It yeah, because the hard drive is not really using much power because you can use it without any power attached powered. to. You know, it's just bus powered, right? It's USB. Well, it's taking bus power. power. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a lot. Not a lot. Um, and the, the software implementation is actually pretty good. Uh, if you look down here in the story, like they have a, a piece of software called the ThinkPad Assistant. Now I got to turn all this stuff off. Uh, ThinkPad Assistant. Someone was asking if the speaker affects the hard drive. No, no. I mean there's magnets all over. Yeah, no, everything's the vibration of the speaker. It's but, not. Uh, I don't think no. it, it doesn't vibrate. If you listen to the what is it? Uh, dubstep? Then you deserve any data corruption. <laughs> that speaker, it doesn't have that much bass. That speaker wouldn't really do well do on dubstep. Yeah, <laughs> nothing would. Uh, but the software, like the ThinkPad Assistant, is what you use to like set up the router the first time. But you can actually use it to monitor, you know, the power bank, the speaker. Uh, you can access data on the hard drive, move huh. stuff over back and forth. It's a, it's a it's a much better application for iOS and Android than I expected it to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, it looks um, pretty nice. And it, yeah, it looks fine at the same time. Now the problem is pricing, right? So the hard drive performs fine. It's a, it's a one terabyte spinning hard drive through USB three. You know, talking about 120 megabytes per second. Okay. Uh, read speeds, it's fine. the The wireless router does well. It's 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. It has a hardwired uh, Ethernet connection as well. Um, 
The Bluetooth speaker sounds good. The 10,000 milliamp hour battery has 10,000 milliamp hours of battery in it, so that's a positive <laughs> thing. It uh, it can charge. Four, I should say it can charge four things. It has two USB ports on it, so it can charge your phone or your tablet or whatever, uh, and then it has the capability to pass two through the device. Okay. Right. So it can charge four outputs at the same time, essentially. Now the problem is on pricing, right? Lenovo sells the hard drive and router as a bundle. So okay. you get your network attached storage router bundle. Yep. All right. It's two hundred and twenty dollars. Mm. Which is a lot. How much was I mean, that thing Jeremy was showing off last week? Oh, uh, yeah. we're gonna talk about that today. Yeah, we're gonna talk about today. Um so that's expensive. The I wanna say it's probably about eighty dollars overpriced from what I would expect to see for comparable things on Newegg. Or Amazon. Uh, the Bluetooth speaker is $99. Now, if you compare that to a Jawbone Jambox Mini, it's about $20 higher. Okay. So it's not bad. This is, it does still, sound pretty good. It sounds pretty good. It's within reason. And then the, the, the battery is kind of the biggest offender here because they want uh, $69 for it. And <laughs> you can literally find batteries with 10,000 milliamp hours on Amazon for like 10 bucks. Yep. Now... Are they great ones? I would say the quality of that. Pro- it's probably seems... a little bit better. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, adva- the difference is, obviously, you have this interface here that doesn't exist on any of those other accessories we talked about. Right. You have the, the capabilities and kind of the, the, the cool factor yeah, of it being for stacking. the cool packaging and, the, um, you know. Duct tape and cables. Duct tape and cables. I mean, it has, a, it has an easy <laughs> yeah, footprint. Yeah, I mean, easy glue just, and neodymium magnets. <laughs> if you had these individually and you were trying to travel, think of the mess of cables you would have just... It's trying true. to put these things true. together, right? Like, you'd have network cables, you'd have, like, just ugh, USB cables. Well, you wouldn't have any network cables. You wouldn't have to. Um, yeah, I guess. You'd, ha- you'd, the you'd, you'd have, have chargers have for things, You'd, you'd right? have several USB cables, at least. I do want to say, in the video I did of this, I, I misspoke and said you can only have four devices. You can actually have, you five, have five. But they only make four things. So yeah. the fifth one you add would be another battery. Yep. So you could have a second 10,000 milliamp hour battery, want which would be okay, too. Someone was saying they should yeah. make a Pico projector. A Pico projector? I've heard people say in the comments oh. that they should make like a mini PC that hmm, takes a yeah. part of it as well. Like some if they made of, a Pico like projector, a that would break If you get a Pico projector and a mini PC <laughs> and, a, and like two 10,000 milliamp hour batteries, and now you have this completely portable brick laptop without a keyboard and mouse... <laughs> Uh, yeah, make more sense to a little mini put keyboard. the projector on it and uh, cell phone control it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that would be the that. way to show it cell off. Is, Ooh, look what I can do with my cell make, phone. But you if you make, had uh, if you had all of this and you added a Pico projector and a mini PC, yeah, uh-huh. like now you got you would just have a Lenovo yoga tablet, right? But in a totally unique form factor. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to buy this that are like consumers. This is obviously targeted at business users that want something neat, clean. It matches all their other stuff. Yep. It's it's simple to set up. It's easy to use, um, but it is pricey. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pricey. I think it'd be like if we had this to take to CES. I could see it being useful. Right. We go into the hotel. We attach the Wi-Fi router to the hardwired uh, network. Um, you know, we have the Bluetooth speaker, so we don't have to listen to each other breathe. Uh, Maybe we use the hard drive to share data instead of using sneaker net on USB three you know, USB keys and stuff. You know, hey, drop all those pictures onto the hard drive. Maybe. Maybe. Usually we're dumping large amounts of media. Usually we are. Um so I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to try and, and mess around with that stuff. But uh that is Lenovo Stack. You can see the we've got a review of it on the website. If you want to see such things. We got Stacks, yo. 
Fat stacks. Fat stacks, yo. Uh, moving on again. This time we're gonna, we are going to talk to Jeremy about those things. Oh, you did miss you missed this in the uh, apparently. Anyway, yeah. we're talking they about these. E N T E C, previously known as Basif. What's well, that other they, thing? it's a spinoff of Basif. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? So, uh, essentially, the thing that you just showed us, except less than half the price. Okay. So you know, if if you're actually looking to carry one around. We, we've already sort of run into the uh, second one, so I will show it off second because we did uh, talk about it. Where is my camera here? This one is the uh, hard drive version, so a little bit less impressive. you got a power button, USB 3.0, a reset button for those of us that occasionally forget passwords and need to reset stuff, and a LAN connection. It comes in 500 gig and one terabyte versions. It is a nice little Wi-Fi uh, hard drive. I'm not in love with the price of the 500 gig model, which is $100. Does it the one do terabyte like, is 120 Does it do router stuff? It does not. Okay. So that there's no hotspot connectivity in this whatsoever. It, it won't charge anything. Uh, it is just a very plain and simple hard drive, which comes with uh, software, which also applies to the power connect that I will talk about in a second. Uh, and so it comes as either a web app that you just hit. Uh, if it's up and live, it'll, you can either program it to have a specific IP or plug it into your network and just use it as network attached storage. And with the MTech Connect software, you can also load that onto an iOS or an Android device and just connect to it directly by the phone. So your phone now has a terabyte worth of storage just hauling around with it. It's relatively fast. It is a spinning disk, so it's it's not super fast. I was going to tear it open to see what it was, but it's, it's too pretty to destroy. And I don't <laughs> think this one's going back together. <laughs> I really don't. I, but the, the nice thing about it, uh, now that I sort of lost my place, is that uh, this comes if you use the op, or sorry, the app as opposed to the web interface. It has Dropbox uh, connectivity. So you fire up Dropbox, you enter in your credentials, and boom, it starts syncing from the cloud. Hmm. That's cool. That's really that, cool. Just like, a copy of your... Literally, uh, no, no, nothing else other than entering your, and your uh, username and password. I've played with other things with Dropbox where it's not necessarily that easy. <laughs> you know, I need you to update the app. I need you to do this, that, and the other thing. This one was just, boom, done. It's brilliant because I've got some people that work that really want to keep their Dropbox on their ultra mobile laptop and get very frustrated when it immediately fills up after yep. 100 gigs of pictures or so are downloaded. Here you go. Put it on this. Hmm. Just leave us alone and don't put any company proprietary data on it. That's a good That's a good plan. Yeah. And much like the other one, uh, this is their branding is a little red nipple. I I kind of like it because it's an obtuse, but uh, I thought on that this was one, Lenovo's so On this one, it prevents you from standing it up straight on the one side. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. perhaps not the best. Yeah. So I, it's more or less just a Wi-Fi hard drive with a nice little interface to it. Huh. But honestly, this from last week, my pick of the week. I still really love this thing because it does everything that that one can do, depending on the size and type of SD card that you put into it, which. Uh, Al was so nice to tell us about earlier. Right. Via the interface that are right there. So it has a yeah. micro SD slot on it. Mm. It does indeed. Mm. I don't know how fast it reads, since uh, they weren't quite sure either at uh, the, the company that sent it to me. Probably not UHS-2. I don't think so. But <laughs> this one is perfect. It's like 150 grams, 
Uh, it's a little bit shorter than the size of a deck of cards. You toss it in your bag, you don't even think about it. Everything has nice rubber stoppers on it, so your, your lunch doesn't end up in your ports. Very important. This one does do the hotspot. As I mentioned, I did have a couple of issues uh, where it would drop, where I was, I was using a cell phone, which would immediately drop the connection to this in preference of the signal from the Wi-Fi router if I was just using it uh, as a Wi-Fi extender. Mm. Uh, if I plugged it into the network, then all of a sudden, oh, it was actually providing as good a connection and my uh, Android tablet wouldn't swap over. One of the tests I did was at a pub. I uh, presented it to five guys of varying ages and said, here, this is this device. I'm putting it on. Check your Wi-Fi network. Uh, look for it and see if you can figure it out. Within 30 seconds, they were all streaming the dead parrot sketch that I put on there. So it is super easy to use. Oh, and much more fun than this cold. I bet. So uh, the other thing is it's 5,200 milliamp battery. So a little more than half of what uh, yours was for less than half the price. This guy, $50. At $50, it's hard to beat. I agree. I, I think that's, uh, I mean, considering your transfer speed you're looking at, getting having an SD, uh, a micro SD card in there is probably fine. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, you're yeah. getting N. That's the best you're going to get. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, over And this yeah. one's USB 2. Uh, the other one's USB 3. Hmm. So you so, could yeah. do most of the functions of a stack, bring your own micro SD card. It's true. You can do everything but the Bluetooth speaker. But how much yeah. is a 512 gig micro SD card? Micro SD? Oh, you can't get uh, that. No. Uh, 128? Uh, those are pricey. But like 50 like, cents a gig ish. So $65, just $67 for the. Uh, for just for 128 gig. For 128 gig. Or you buy a bunch of 32s, which would probably end up being cheaper. Keep swapping them. Insert disc Nobody two. likes to swap. Why not? Insert disc Nobody three. Nobody likes to swap. Insert disc four. That's, it would have been nice ridiculous. if it had a full-size SD. It was a little bigger and had a full-size SD slot yeah. on it. Then you can get like a half a terabyte yeah. now. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of cash. It's still like 50 cents a gig for those. Yeah, but... You know, I mean, you're paying 200, high 200s, low 300s for... Just tiny, you know. Indeed. All right, everybody. Let's take a quick break here before we jump into our world of news. No, we don't. No. I don't know. I screwed up the rundown. So That's okay. what do you want to do? That's all right. No, let's just talk about this. This will be quick. Okay. Uh, I did post another update of the Android to iPhone story. Uh, this time, I, I talk a little bit in editorializing about, hey, uh, what the the, the most dramatic changes moving over from Android to iOS is that some applications either don't work the same way or don't exist. Uh, and so I had to find other ones uh, like Sleep Cycle here, which is, is a kind of like an alarm and sleep tracking app that I was trying out. Um, that is, It's one of those ones where you set the phone on your mattress mm -hmm. next to your pillow and it tries to keep track of where you are in your sleep cycles or whatever. Uh, I, I don't really have, make any claim of how accurate or inaccurate it is, but it works fine as a alarm, if nothing else. Yep. Uh, talk about the camera. You can see a picture of my daughter right there uh, using her pacifier with the tiger attached to it. Um, the, the main purpose of this update was to talk about performance of the SOC. Uh, and this will all be kind of wrapped up into a full review eventually, but uh, I thought it was interesting to look at a couple of 
specific tests, right? So Geekbench is a synthetic CPU performance test. Uh, it is not like a user experience evaluation performance test, uh, but it is interesting to see uh, how the iPhone 6S Plus and the iPhone 6S uh, just do better than everything else out there, right? So this is integer score uh, for single core, or this is overall score, I'm sorry, single core versus multi-core. At single core, the A9 is significantly faster than anything else, including the A8X, which was in the iPad Air 2. Yep. And if you look at the Snapdragon 810 and the OnePlus 2 or the 808 in the LG G4, it's more than twice as fast in terms of synthetic performance, single-threaded. Okay. What's the blue? Blue is multi-core, multi-threadedness. Hmm. So keep in mind that the A9 is only a two-core part. Right. Right. Uh, the A8X is a three-core part. Oh. Right. The uh, Snapdragon A10 is an eight-core <laughs> part. Four big, four little. And then the LG G4 with the SD808 is a six-core part with two big, four little. Huh. All right. So, like, this kind of scaling here from the A10 to the 808 makes sense. Uh, but... Clearly, the multi-threader performance of the A9, even with only two cores, is able to match, essentially, the performance of every other part out there. Yeah, because it's going is, so much is, faster. Which is really, really impressive. Yep. Uh, and you can kind of see how that breaks down here in terms of the integer look, where the A10 is, is faster. But if you look at the floating point, um, the A10 is slower than the A9s. Huh. And keep in mind, these are all sorted by the green bar, the single-threaded scores. Yeah, here, yeah, so. yeah. Um, you look at things like Google Octane, which is a browser-based JavaScript test. There is a caveat here. The, a, the Apple devices were tested with Safari. The Android devices are tested with Chrome, mm-hmm. not any integrated browser. Right. So uh, the, the OnePlus 2 does not have anything but Chrome, so that's fine. Uh, but people in the comments point out that, you know, hey, if you ever test a Samsung device, Chrome performs much worse than the Samsung browser. Really? It does. And that's pretty much been the case forever, right? Uh, because the developers of the phone, Samsung or LG or whoever, kind of tweak the browser for their design more specifically. Chrome is a more generic application. Wouldn't have thought it would make that much of a difference, though. Pretty big differences from what I've seen. Huh. Uh, but if you look at like Google Octane, like the A9, way faster than anything else out there. Uh, if you look at SunSpider, the A9, again, way faster than, than anything else out there. There are many people that do not like these benchmarks. A lot of people think Geekbench is misrepresentative, but a lot of people think that SunSpider and Octane and Kraken get gamed by these... The browser guys. By the browser guys. It's um, possible. But... I, I, if it improves the performance of JavaScript, then I don't really care. Yeah. Right. You can put less weight behind it, but it's still, I think it's still a valid, valid result. Uh, now let's look at, uh, let's just look at 3D Mark here. Like this is graphics. This is impressive as well. The A9 GPU is way faster than, than the SD810, Snapdragon 810 with, uh, what's that? Crate 4, 4, 430? I can't remember what, what the actual GPU is in here now. Um, but graphics score, significantly higher on the A9. Uh, and then physics score, again, this is kind of like your CPU-based version of these tests. Uh, the A9's much faster than uh, the two Snapdragons, even though the A8X is at the bottom of the pack mm-hmm. in that one, which I, which I find to be quite interesting as well. Uh, then we've got more graphics tests here. You can look through some of our, our G, uh, graphics bench. Um, this one's interesting. So keep in mind, like, this one says native, meaning it's running at the native resolution of the screen, mm-hmm. uh, which on the uh, S6 Plus is 1080p, right? 
Is that right? On the S6 Plus? Yeah. Yeah. And on the S6 is something less. I can't remember what it is. That's yeah, closer to 720. Yeah. So that's why this, the advantage is so high for the 6S series because it's got, even though it's got the same SOC, it's rendering for a smaller screen or yep. lower resolution, so it has bigger advantage. Meanwhile, the LG G4 has a 2560 by 1080 <laughs> or 2560 yeah. by 1440 screen, that and so it poor, scores poor surprisingly phone. low. Well, yeah, it's pushing right. Like a lot more. Not pixels. surprisingly low, but it is ex- exceedingly low. Yeah. I'll say. But if you look at the same test with um, only a normalized, right? Okay. It's we're, run, you're doing it off screen. You're running it at 1080p. Uh, you see that the 6s Plus is just a tiny little bit faster, and these scores are still significantly slower, but at least somewhat normalized, right? So keep in mind, like this is 1150, and this is 1193 for the OnePlus Two, okay. because it's also a 1080p screen. So in theory, if we look at the S6 Plus at 2379, yeah, there it's about 100 points difference there. So keeping in mind that stuff, and you can see T-Rex, another older test uh, in terms of graphics results. All of this leads me to that the the processor in the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus is just better than everything else out there. Mm-hmm. Now. Well, I mean, they basically doubled over the previous generation of their own phone, so. Yeah, more or less, like, and if you look at more synthetics. More or less, yeah. yeah. Um, now, well, there, and there are a lot, of other, a lot of other things that they claim doubled as well, like storage performance and other, like. Right. So it's not like just the processor's faster, like a lot of the stuff is faster yeah. for, for, compared to this previous generation, so. The, uh, now, Qualcomm's 810 has been out for a little bit longer. The 820 is coming out soon. Okay. Snapdragon 820. So we'll know more about that relatively quickly, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of where it stands, in terms of performance improvements and some of these things. So it'll be interesting to see uh, later, probably just in, later in the month or next month when that actually They're probably occurs. just going to leapfrog. You know. They'd have to do a lot of work to do that, right? Like if you see some of the places where the 810 is behind, like yeah. twenty in single-threaded performance, it's behind by a lot. Now in multi-threaded performance, it, you know they could improve it by 50% or 25%. But they're, they're doing that because they have a lot jump. more cores. Yeah, yeah, correct. A lot more. A, a lot, lot more. more. Yeah, indeed. All right. So now we'll take a quick break to uh, thank a uh, sponsor of today's. Oh, guess what? My email logged me out. Oh, you've got to be kidding me! go email, and I don't need to double verify, so that's totally fine. Um, we are. We don't. We don't need. We don't need notes for this. We're going to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Casper, mm-hmm. Josh's favorite favorite sponsor of ours because we get to talk about sleeping and mattresses and, and that type of stuff. Right, Josh? Yeah, nothing. He's, he's, he's sleeping. A, uh, he's asleep. Cover. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a zippable. Yeah, it, it actually does cover. have a removable cover. I don't want to make the claim of being waterproof, uh, but I no, will say that it's removable. But you should get one of those. <laughs> You'll find out sooner or later. Actually, actually, I mean, it's a foam mattress, so you don't really... Will it take my rubber know? sheets? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll definitely do that. Casper, if, for those of you who don't know, is an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. They're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings on to you, the consumer. Uh, the Casper mattress is obsessively engineered at a fair price. It uses latex and memory foam um, to uh, come together for better nights and brighter days, as they say. It's a comfortable mattress that has just the right amount of sink and bounce to it and provides long-lasting comfort and support. I actually got an, uh, a Casper mattress. Mm-hmm. I think I got it before, like, what? before the baby was born. Yeah. Like 
two, like, oh, yeah. like, like three weeks before the baby was born or four weeks before the baby was born. Actually, it was right before my wife went into the hospital, the hospital and where she was on bed rest. So you got it just in time to go sleep on the cot. Right. I got hospital. it just in time for me to go sleep on a cot, which, met, which made all the difference in the world coming back to mm-hmm. a really good <laughs> mattress. And also when you have a, a, an infant newborn baby, it is important to get – as much time with that sleep as yep. possible. Quality All the help sleep. you can get. Right. Quality sleep is just as important as quantity sleep in this case because you don't you don't get to control the quantity, mm-hmm. but you can control the quality. Yes. And that's and that's where, where Casper came in. Uh, you buy it online. It's completely risk-free. You can try sleeping on a Casper mattress for 100 days, uh, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. No questions asked. So we know the answer to that? Like they actually come get it? They come take it away. Huh. Now, they don't resell it. Well, obviously. That would be weird, uh, but they uh, recycle it, yeah, and and they come take it away. Um, they also deliver the mattress to you to your door, mm-hmm. and it's and it comes in a box. Mine was a king size mattress that weighed about a hundred pounds, but it was in a relatively small box. Relatively, I mean, it was a big box, but it was it's a, a relatively small box for a king size mattress. mattress. It, it wasn't was a mattress size. Correct. Box. It yeah. was not mattress size. Um, so you take it upstairs, you open it up, and it kind of poof expands. Mm-hmm. And then boom! Now you've got a you've got a you've got a mattress. All their mattresses are made in the USA, and uh, uh, you don't you can avoid the awkward stares of the mattress salesman when you uh, try out those mattresses. You don't want someone imagining what you're going to do on that mattress for 45 seconds. Yeah, I imagine that's like a really awkward thing. Like I I want to get like I got to be on my side. I got to get in my cozy position. We want to try everything that we would try on this mattress. <laughs> yep. I'm going to need you to turn around. And we want you to watch. (laughs) Oh, no. Jerry wants you to watch. I want the guy to turn around. Um, (laughs) So here's what you guys do. If you can get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size, and comparing that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. You can save an additional $50 as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash PCPer and then using the promo code PCPer. Casper.com slash PCPer and promo code PC per try it out completely risk free 100 days. I don't know if that's 99 nights or 100 nights. I'd be curious what the exact thing is. There, I think you like, probably know days. by then. So, yeah, I mean, that's three months. No, it's no, let's more. just give it another three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. All right, now let's talk about some news items. We got a lot, so we're gonna. We're gonna do that. Crunch, yeah. tap dance. I can only. That's, snap. that's, that's the worst tap, that's tap dance. Tap dance. <laughs> that's called tapping your toe to the music. But hey, you know. but, but you, you don't know if this is my foot or my finger. You can't see if, me. If that's your foot, <laughs> I've got a peg leg. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just tapping on the desk. Um, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit last week. I don't know if we did. Dell, uh, they kind of announced all their Skylake products. They they announced a new XPS 13 with Skylake. 13? Yep. Oh, okay. With Skylake and Thunderbolt on it. They announced yeah. an XPS 12 that was like 2-1 convertible. And then they announced this, which is the XPS 15, which is essentially Ooh, the XPS 13. Just bigger. With the Infinity Edge screen and all that, but it's just bigger. Okay. And I think it looks awesome. So is that the size of like a 14-inch? Yep. Mm, that is that is pretty close. <clears throat> so you get, you get the 15-inch screen and a 14-inch body. Yeah. Because I'd never carry a 15-inch laptop, but I might, might, I might like that. To I might like that. Because yeah. you've got a 13-point... No, yours is 12.6. Yeah. But it has a bezel of a 15-inch. It's the same size as your XPS 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's All the right. same exact size as your 13-inch. Your right. But a 12-inch instead of a 13... 
It's 11.6. Oh, 11.6 yeah. versus 13. Okay. So the XPS 15 is a uh, – it's based on Skylake. Obviously, it's Core i3-6100 or an i5-63 or an i7-6700, uh, up to 8 gigs of RAM. <clears throat> you can even get it with a discrete GTX 960 GPU wow. in there, which, awesome. is, which is kind of interesting. Um, it is a 15.6-inch display, 1080p version, or the 4K version with the touchscreen. Okay. We had the same debate last time where I would go to 1080p. Yeah. It's way better on battery life it's a bigger screen, and not touchscreen. And I, not that I have anything against touchscreen, but I just think the displays look and feel a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I mean, 15 inches is still small enough to where 1080p is okay. Oh, it looks fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, optional GTX 960M graphics uh, up to uh, looks like it says 32 gigs of flash. No, okay, so they got hybrid drives, or you can get PCIe SSDs. Um, you got HDMI USB 3.0, Thunderbolt 3 on this one as well, and starting at 3.9 pounds for the non-touch version. So we know what what costs with like a middle of the road with the discrete GPU or like can you get the middle know. processor with a discrete GPU? Starting at nine ninety nine for the Core i three non GPU non discrete GPU that. version. I'd be curious. Like I think it would be really interesting to test to see again. And we had the discussion last night. Like does the discrete GPU of the Surface Book or of this? Well, this is going to be much more powerful. Yeah. I mean, does GPU. it does it impact battery life? Even if I'm not using GPU things. Because if it does, I don't want that. Because for me... Is it not switchable? No, it is. I'm sure it is. Oh. But if the GPU is sitting there... I mean, it's less than idle if you're not even using it. Well, right? I don't know if it's not idle. Like, mm-hmm. it comes down to, are they using... What do they yeah, call that? Optimus. Um, Optimus. Yep. NVIDIA Optimus. I haven't heard that brand in forever. So I have no idea. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that's the XPS 15. I've asked for one for a review. I've actually asked for all three of them, the 12, the 13, and the 15. So we'll see what shows up and what doesn't. Um, but I like my XPS 13 a lot, so I'd mm-hmm. be curious to see what the advantages are here in terms of battery life. It still has a webcam that looks up your nose. Yeah. It still has a webcam that looks up my nose. That's true. That's, that's a disadvantage. Uh, Jeremy, real quick, tell me about the hard quarter for PC sellers. Well, uh, am I muted at this point? Nope. nope. No. <laughs> Sorry, I've been muting myself out of uh, proactivity just to make sure that I'm not sneezing on you. Understood. I uh, it's been a hard year for PC sales. This last particular quarter, uh, globally, seventy three point seven million units of laptops, desktops, and ultrabooks are sold, which is down just under eight percent from uh, this time last year. Now, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Pretty much everywhere but North America, prices have gone jumped up because, uh, well, the American dollar isn't doing too bad. This is going to yeah. slow down your sales. This is also the last half before holiday season, and most of the companies don't hit the black until you know Q4 just because of all of the Thanksgiving sales, uh, Christmas sales, and that. So we, we can hope to see sales increase, especially since we're now starting to see Skylake products. And, like, literally, you just got your first one, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Mobile. This, this MSI is the first Skylake laptop. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't seen that sales start yet. Windows 10, obviously, since the vast majority of people either ignored it, upgraded it for free, or holding it off for new hardware, aren't even looking at buying anything until new hardware comes out. So, you know, we're going to see something 
some changes uh, for for the final quarter of the year. On the other hand, strangely, in the Lenovo, no matter how much it's been in the news lately for perhaps not the most beneficial of reasons, is up about 20% in sales. This could be because they created the stack and a bunch of new uh, two-in-ones that have come out and a couple of other, uh, like the, the ah, excuse me, the laptop you were just talking about. Yep. So they've, they've actually been launching a bunch of new product. And amazingly enough, you launch new product, your sales tend to go up. So it's going to be interesting to see what this last quarter holds. Hopefully we are going to see sales spike up because a lot of the companies, up to and including Intel, have just uh, announced what their quarter is like. And for Intel, I mean, it's still huge, huge tracts of money. But compared to what they were doing last year, it's almost bloody embarrassing and you don't want to talk about it. So we'll see what the last quarter get brings. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So Asus had an event, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of Asus things to talk about here. We're going to go through them relatively quickly. If anybody has anything important that they think needs to be pointed out about this, any any of these individual devices, please speak up or forever hold your peace or whatever that's supposed to be said. So they announced two motherboards, the ROG Maximus 8 Impact Mini ITX Z170 motherboard. Josh, does this look appealing to you? Oh, never mind. Um, Josh went MIA. So it's tiny and cute. It, it is, and it packs a lot of stuff. Like, look at the size of that sound card. That that's a big sound. card. Like the card. sound card riser on this is is pretty intense. Uh, it's a two hundred forty eight dollar motherboard on Newegg for sale already. Uh, and then you also have this riser board for all your power delivery circuit. Yeah, well. we've seen that before. Yeah, we've seen that before. Uh, I like the styling. I like the coloration. Um, You've got nice, uh, almost too small to really impress anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, it's hard to see all that nice fine detail they added to I'm it. I'm not sure you could small. fit a single more IC on that board. It's, it would be tough. <laughs> yeah. 802.11ac MU MIMO is on this. Two by uh, two. Two by two. Yep. Um, you got USB 3.1, one Type A and one Type C connector. Six more USB 3.0 ports. Uh, power. This is all powered by the Intel USB 3.1 controller. Which is Alpine Ridge, yes. Which is a Thunderbolt yeah. controller as well, but they don't mention Thunderbolt on this. No, so. but at least it's got a Type C, right? Uh, pretty impressive stuff, right? And so it's Skylake ready. It's a Z170 motherboard. It's got pretty impressive sounding audio, and by sounding, I mean by looking at the specs. Not like I haven't <laughs> actually heard the the audio out of it yet. Uh, it's got hyperstream. It has this motherboard. This tiny ass motherboard has five uh, fan headers. <laughs> What? So, Two four-pin on board and three four-pin on a daughter card. Oh, okay. So apparently card. you can add just about one more thing to this board. Well, you, you can build a case out of fans with the board. Ooh. Bluetooth 4.1, 4.0 LE. Uh, and it, does this one, this one does not have DP output. Like uh, okay, no. HDMI 2.0, right? Just HDMI 1.4B. Okay. So it's still pretty impressive there, and you've got room for a, a full-size graphics card. Now, the second motherboard is the Maximus 8 Extreme Z170 motherboard. It's a full-size ATX board. Um, very similar like very similar specifications when you kind of look at a whole bunch of, of, of things here. Just bigger. Uh, just bigger, more <laughs> slots. Yeah. Right? So uh, this, you have Intel, the i219V networking. Um, it's got the game-first technology in there. You've got a ton of PCI Express slots. Uh, let's see. 
by 16. Yeah, I guess it's going to do four-way SLI and crossfire. Yep. Yep. Um, it comes with the OC panel 2 that kind of fits in an open 5 and a quarter inch bay. If you don't have one of those, it'll stand up on your desk. Everyone's just, got an open 5 and a quarter inch bay. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, M.2 socket. Uh, supporting all the available sizes. It's got a U.2 connector sharing with PCI, pairing, sharing PCIe with the M.2 connector, two PCI Express, eight SATA 6 gigabit ports, uh, four USB 3.1, uh, one Type-A and one Type-C vers- via the Alpine Ridge, and then two more Type-A via the Asmedia USB 3.1 controller. Um, so that's kind of an interesting and mix there. we got a lot more motherboard software to benchmark, too, apparently now. AI Suite 3 <laughs> is still there, yeah. Plenty of USB... Uh, but- 2, 3.0, 2.0 is on there. There's a lot of stuff. Game first, three and four. <laughs> There's boot logo size adjustment. Like the interesting things that when 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 you get to down to it, like motherboards and systems are so easy to build now that they have to they have to find these interesting things. Yeah. Boot logo size adjustment. Right. Yep. Secure erase from the UEFI. Yep. Secure erase from UEFI. That's a new thing. Uh, it this it's. It, and I think the board, again, styling and coloring, unique, new again. They kind of added a lot of gray, kind of a slate look yep. to a lot of things. I think it's, I think it'll be pretty impressive. And I believe, did we have a price on this one yet? No, probably not yet. a lot. Probably a lot. Yeah, I'm going to say expansive. That's my guess. Four hundred ish, I would guess. <sighs> Let's talk about notebooks. Who here wants <laughs> a water cooled notebook? Are you just giving them out? Yeah, yeah. First person, raise your hand. Sorry, it was Alan. Uh, well, you know, you want some, you lose some. Uh, and nobody at home raised their hands. That's very disappointing. So we talked about it's this. It's a little al- worrying. Yeah, we we talked about this a little bit already. Um, the the GX seven hundred being a Skylake laptop powered by GTX nine eighty, uh, but also water cooled by this growth out the back of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a seventeen point three inch IPS. You know, 6820HK has similar specifications to this MSI machine. Yep. But uh, it is nutso that they <laughs> are water cooling it. Well, right? you'll be able to overclock it further probably. You will be able to water, water overclock it further because of it, right? And so they, they've got like quick disconnects on the back of the, of the system. Yeah, it's like a dock, right? Yeah. You just kind of push it and slide it in. And so they, they okay, show how, these. How, how do they yeah, take oh, care of air in the tubes? When, yeah. Inevitably. Like, is there an airwalk there? Well, I mean, the air would roll back up to the reservoir, which is in the back, but... Maybe then you vent it? Maybe it vents itself. It's probably a vented reservoir. Oh, it's so it should be McWarrior-themed. You know, if your mech's getting too hot, you vent the cooling? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. you know... There we go. Yeah, like those ricer cars that uh, what hit the valve every time they change. Ball valve? Yeah, there you uh, go. Valve? That's what it sounds like. Uh, so they show the inside of the cooling system, the GX700, and some of these diagrams here. So you can see that it is a uh, uh, fairly robust design. I think that it's a vapor chamber. Like some of them are vapor. It's using vapor chamber to get. It's like a water cooled vapor to chamber. a block. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it, it, a water block is not actually on the GPU. Heck, the water block doesn't even look they, like there's any water flowing through well, that have, whatsoever, and so it's almost like it encompasses. The block on the back, uh, I don't know, and it water cools that. over that block. That's that's my guess. Yeah, so that so then air wouldn't be an issue because it's just a physical heat transfer connection yeah, between a copper just, block on the back. Maybe mm. it's just mating. 
Nah. But, but there are definitely nah. quick connects in the back of the machine. Nah. But the quick connects might. Well, I don't know. We'd have to see yeah. better. You know, how much fun is it yeah. if, uh, you know, you mate those together and no fluids come out? Yeah. If I had a towel. Or all the fluids <laughs> came out. <laughs> oh, no. My unknown price laptop. Uh, exact numbers on battery capacity, dimensions, and weight are not yet available, and pricing and availability have not been announced. Man, that's nuts, though. Five minutes, yeah. 20 pounds. What else do you need to know? Yeah. First, we've got external GPUs and docks. Now we've got water cooling and docks. I mean, What's the, next? The idea of the water cooled GPU, like if if it has the capability of when it's plugged into the water, it automatically does this overclocking profile, that and that, that nice. overclocking profile is substantial enough for me to warrant not the cost of it, but just the the hassle yeah. of having to connect it every time, right? And if it has that capability, then I'll give it a shot. It might be worth it. It won't be worth it, right? None of these five thousand dollars machines are really worth it, but it might be interesting and cool. Does it at least show. like add port breakouts? It doesn't, does it? I don't see any of that on there. That's annoying. Yeah, I don't like. Really it should don't. be a docking station as well. If I'm going to have to have this thing on my desk, I would agree. I mean, maybe maybe it does. I don't know for sure that it doesn't, but um, similarly, I think maybe based on the same system, this is the ROG G752 G-Sync gaming laptop. Again, 17.3 inch. It's the one you might buy. It's the one you might actually purchase because you're not crazy, uh, and it has a 3D vapor chamber design, as you can see here. Very again, it's got an ion drive strapped to the back. Kick ass! They can fly places now. Um, oh yeah! So this is this is. It won't like, give you much thrust. No, it'll give you a long lifespan. Of <laughs> right. Thrust. Um, so they talk about some of the advantages here. Uh, titanium and plasma copper color scheme is new. New cooling system. Uh, ergonomically designed keyboard features two and a half millimeter key travel distance, um, which is which is. A lot, I think, for for a gaming notebook. Again, available in uh, only a 17.3 inch 1920 by 1080 G-Sync panel. Available with a 980M, 970M, or 965M. Apparently, this one doesn't have an option for the GTX 980 uh, from ASUS there. What do you think about that color scheme, guys? What do you think about the silver and chrome? What do they call it? Silver and gold? Sounds like Burl Plasma copper. No? No? No Burl Lives? No. Come on, man. You want to talk about a bezel on a laptop? It's almost Christmas. Right there. That's a big bezel. It's a big bezel, as somebody else in this podcast would say. Again, no pricing, no information on that yet, but uh, it'll be soon. And then uh, what do we else we got from Asus? How about a giant-ass router? It's missing four more antennas. It's missing antennas? I mean, you can't go back after you've seen that other one with the eight antennas. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's true. Anything yeah, else? Good Hulu switch. Point. But it has eight of something else. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eight. Oh, well. switch. Actually, has nine, I guess. But Well, yeah. Well, it's going to win. You have uh, to really need that. Well, sure. To, you know. You have to really need any of these things we have shown to so justify. far. No, I mean, like, I don't know. Well, let's be honest. The RT-AC88U, by the way. MU-MIMO router. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that our current really powerful routers only have four gigabit ethernet ports on them right it's just like that the router is not usually in a place that has eight lines coming straight out of it and going in different directions like the router wouldn't be in that same place typically some people are smarter and they pre-wire their house with ethernet but and then a contractor comes in and cuts all of the ethernet <laughs> yeah that's what happened to yours but like yep. that's the way it works I mean, actually i have a junction box but like and and a Eight-port gigabit Ethernet switch would be great there, but that junction box is also the worst possible place to put a router. 
in right. my house. Yeah. Like wireless. Yeah, so, I understand. You know, it's kind of like, it's nice that they're together, but, you know. 802.11ac.mu.mimo, data rate up to 3,100 megabits per second. It's using, uh, what are these, Broadcom chips? Three of them in there. <laughs> it's got 128 megs of NAND in there. It uses DDR3 memory. Uh, gigabit WAN, 8 gigabit LAN. You can see, look at all that stuff there. What What is this? PA2G25, oh, 2 gigahertz. I don't know what that is. What is a PA and LNA? Anybody? LNA? Those are the radios. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. They may listen to the model numbers there. Yeah. Uh, detachable dual band by four. It's got a USB 3.0 port and a 2.0 port. Uh, and it's got all those things on them. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't look as impressive as the eight, uh, eight-arm beast that yeah. we saw before. And again, pricing and availability are not yet known. I want that eight-arm beast, like, just... Mounted to like the ceiling in my living room or pointed something. Down. Yeah. Just like pointed down. Just like, yeah. Well, it's like when you go to like uh, office buildings and hospitals yeah. and stuff where they're pointed mm-hmm. down, kind of from the ceiling. Yeah. Just like that. Uh, well, uh, um, Jeremy, let's see. Two ROG desktops. Anything interesting here? G11 CD, G20 CB? Other than uh, awesome model names? Awesome model names. Uh, they look like ROG machines because we're all familiar with that red and black. Yep. They're both freaking tiny. Oh, really? Uh, the one's 6.9 by 17 by 17, more or less, which for a desktop that you can have a Titan X in mm-hmm. is kind of impressive. It's small. It's, yeah, it's this not one definitely looks more interesting. Tiny. Huh. But it, at least it's small. And these guys come with uh, a, a great range. Uh, they go from the X98 uh, Ti. All the way down to an X seven forty five, which seems to have been relatively recently announced. Or I have never heard revealed. of a GTX seven forty five. So sure, no, or just recently revealed, <laughs> right. as the case may yeah. be. Yeah, I, this guy comes with uh, just about everything that you would want yeah, from one joke. of these. Uh, if you want a Blu ray writer, you can have one because some people still do use optical. The other one, the uh, ROG G twenty, is a little more impressive. This guy is a mere, uh, where was it? Four inches by 13 inches by 14 inches. It's got an external power supply on it. It it, literally, if you look at the back of it, it has a power plug on it. And it's for the model that's using the Titan X. I'm impressed because they've gone with 180 watt and 230 watt power adapter. Right. Yeah. Which is tight. I mean, you add in the fact that it's got uh, one of those, one of the top end i sevens in there. Uh, if you want to go crazy, you can put thirty two gigs of uh, RAM, which is going to be a tight fit, but will fit. M dot two, two hard drives. Well, sorry, one two and a half inch SSD and one full sized hard drive. It's impressively small and impressively tightly designed. It's also going to be probably crazily expensive. But it, it is pretty, and a vertically mounted Titan X in there. I I want to see one of these things because I'm kind of impressed just to see what it looks like on the inside, how tightly packed that is. Uh, yeah, I think this one's uh, pretty intriguing looking. Is this the one they announced as part of the um, Oculus system building? Yes, thing? this one's yeah. well, some of the models. I mean, like the yeah. GT740 right. ain't going to do it. Enough GPU, but yeah. Some of the models are absolutely going to support this, right. and... Uh, 
it's the one that has a single HDMI out on it, so gotcha. to an extent. But that's got to be uh, 2.0 if it's going to be the Oculus Ready one, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, get into more ASUS stuff. I told you it was going to be ASUS hour. Uh, this is a couple of monitors that they released or announced, officially announced. I don't know. Uh, the ROG Swift PG27AQ. This is a 4K IPS G-Sync monitor, 60 hertz. Um, the one we saw launched at CES. The one we saw announced at CES. Ten months ago. Yeah, it's mm. yeah, it's been about ten months, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, I think, the first time we have seen a 60 hertz IPS VRR 4K monitor. Like 4K IPS 60 hertz. I don't, 4K IPS, period. I don't think that's the case. All the other 4K G-Sync monitors or FreeSync monitors have been TN. I'm pretty sure. Pretty positive. Um now, so 4K, it's only 60 hertz, so that's kind of like uh, kind of an immediate drawback for many people. It's like, oh, we're getting used to higher and higher refresh rates. Even our gaming laptops are at 75 hertz now. Um, but keeping in mind, this is 4K IPS, still pretty impressive. Um, it does support 4K HDMI at 24 hertz, but obviously you need DisplayPort for all this. This is kind of interesting, right? Because we're starting to see the G-Sync monitors come out that have both DisplayPort and HDMI output. Yes. Or input, rather, on them. But I imagine it's two different scalers still. It would or have to be. Two, well, unless they made a new G-Sync module. It's not kind. VRR through HDMI. It is not VRR through HDMI. But in theory, they could make a module that does VRR through DisplayPort and then has HDMI input that doesn't do VRR, right? If they wanted to make things simpler for their partners, I guess. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that's not the case. Uh, so that is one of the monitors out here. Uh, I think maybe the more interesting monitor is this one, the PG279Q, which is a 25 by 14 IPS G-Sync monitor that has a 165 hertz refresh rate on it. So we've moved beyond 144 hertz. Mm-hmm. We're into 165 hertz being directly supplied by a vendor, not an overclock, not an aftermarket mod or anything like that. It looks almost identical to the ROG Swift that we're used to. Yep. The 25 by 14 TN panel that you had for a while that still is kind of, I think, the most popular and most accepted G-Sync panel that was released because it was kind of the first big one that really hit the market. Yep. So this is basically the IPS variant of it. And not only do we get a better quality screen, we're getting a higher refresh rate at the same time. Um, so that's, that's impressive as well. Availability on this is going to be before the end of the year, although I don't know pricing again on it. Uh, but I would like to try one of. The, I would like to buy one of these because I think this is. It's the choice of champions. I, I think yes, it is. Like I, I think um, you can't really ask for much more. You really can't, right? Until we measure the screen, well, you it, could. It, it's it's easy to. St- I don't know. Like when when the ROG Swift came out as a TN panel, we all said it looked really really good for a TN panel. Mm-hmm. But for in the back, of, but but in the back of your mind, you always knew it's like, well. But he did say it's for a TN panel. Yeah. And when I you mean, look at IPS, you always knew it looked better. The, the colors are just much more saturated yeah. on them. And and, and, yeah. and to be fair, like this monitor already exists from Acer as 144 hertz IPS, IPS. G Sync monitor, but it doesn't have the build quality that this one has. Yeah. Right, assuming this is the same as the ROG Swift we know, mm-hmm. like the Acer model that we have and that you own is it's 
it's a it's a great display. Yeah, but it looks like a but toy. The, but the rest of it is cheap and and yeah. chintzy, right? Yep. So this is kind of a, a fix for that. So um, I, I'm excited for this. I'm a little bit disappointed that it took Asus this long to get it out the door. Because how long have you had your your Acer panel? It's been it's like it's March been or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a long time. Um, so we'll see if they miss the boat on this and, and if people are looking for other things. But I think that 165 hertz refresh, even if it's not, it's not going to be very different than 144. Like it's not that much higher. But it's higher. But it's higher, well, and so it it's going to be, be it it's going to be a thing people out. are going to pay attention. To. Yeah. Say again, Josh. It, it could be more washed out at 165 hertz. That's it true. We don't we don't out. know that. But I would I would hope that it's not. I mean, they're advertising it like as 165. They're advertising so. as overclocked to 165 no. hertz. No, no, this is not no, this, this one. This one is oh, 165 sorry. hertz. This is the next yeah. monitor we're going to talk okay. about for you. It yeah. gets confusing. Which does lead us into the next monitor, the Acer Predator X34, which is. I think it's the first G-Sync, like, ultra-wide monitor, period? Yes. Right? So this is a 21 by 9 aspect ratio, 3440 by 1440 resolution, IPS G-Sync screen, curved. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And even better is that they kind of say it's a 100 hertz panel. And I say kind of say is because the specifications listed at 3440 by 60 hertz, but in the documentation, in the press release, in the information they sent out to press, they say that it's adjustable and overclockable up to 100 hertz. I hope there's can a turbo I, can button I, can on I it. Can I point something out real quick? You may. Look at that stand. It's, it's great. No? That's, that's kind of no. sexy. I no, like it's, it. It's really sexy. It really is. We have one sitting right. I can almost touch it. We have the FreeSync one. Almost, we have the FreeSync version of this here it's on, on basically desk. basically the same stand. It's identical in every way except for the, the module inside would be my guess. Um, it does look really good and it has like uh, ground effect lights. It has like LEDs on the bottom of the it's, monitor. It's an LED yeah. strip and on the bottom. On the bottom of it. You can control it in software to change the color and like the pattern. It can do like pulsing or wave Oh man, or they should have put it on the back. That would have been a great idea. Yeah, so they should have put it on the back. That would be all behind for, it. For yeah. bias, you, yeah. just, you know, when when you're you throw the back bias yeah. in with yeah. monitors. Now it's just illuminating your keyboard. I don't instead. know if it has that capability, but that would be it, a good idea. Well, well, that would be. A good it idea. doesn't have lights in the back, so no. No, he's about on the bottom too. You need to. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit interested about this overclockable to 100 hertz thing, um, because in my opinion, if it just worked at 100 hertz, they would just ship every monitor at 100 hertz. My guess is that they're giving some wiggle room for like, hey, maybe not every monitor is going to be able to go 100 hertz. And we called it overclocking for a reason. Or maybe everything is overclockable to 100 hertz, but it does affect the color, yeah. as you were saying, Josh. Um, mm-hmm. And I think neither of those are great results for this, but they needed a way to make it stand out from the FreeSync version, which is 60 hertz. It's 75, isn't it? I'm sorry, 75 hertz. You're right. Yeah, Wait. 75 or- overclockable to 100 Right. No, they never. They didn't talk about overclocking on that one at all. Oh, it, it is could. seventy-five hertz. I wonder if we can overclock it. I'll have to try that. I, well, see, what I'm curious again is like, what is the method for this overclocking on this G-Sync panel? Yeah, is it is it kind of like built into the OSD where you can try it? Maybe is it built into an NVIDIA driver in some way that you can overclock it? Because overclocking a monitor is not like a plug-and-play thing. You yeah. don't just like sit down and decide you're going to do it. Like You need to do a little bit more research before you just you don't. start yeah, you plugging know. stuff well, in. You have, to know, you have to know what numbers work. No, you don't. Well, you, you can just try them. I guess. 
And if it doesn't work, it just but you're flashes going back. Kind of deep. You, you're setting custom resolutions. It just flashes back. Like yeah. it just yeah. if, it, if it can't set it, then it just returns back. But, it, to but the, it's not such a common thing that people. You know what I mean? It's like I think I think it's you know. much less common for anybody to have thought about overclocking their monitor or even what that means. Yeah, like if you're going to versus put, overclocking their GPU. That's why I think I it's dangerous to put that number in like a spec. The hundred hertz, like in advertising. I think it'll either be in the OSD, and you'll enable that, and it will reset the monitor and change yeah. EDID. I, I think it will show the monitor, up. Josh. Yeah. Look at the back. Or it'll be a custom timing in the control panel. I think it would when be, NVIDIA oh, detects this back. monitor, they, they put this timing. I in think it would be much easier for them to do an EDID thing. Like they could just yeah. Look, it's, it's got a chevron. Why back it got there? a red handle? Got a red handle? That's not a handle. That's a cable. It's cable. I think this is the handle. Is that gloss? Yeah, why is it red? Is it a glossy back? Chevron. I don't know. Please tell me it's not a glossy back. Why does it matter? It's the back. Because it scratches and stuff easily. When are you touching the back of your monitor? Don't touch the back of your monitor. Don't look at the back of your monitor. Don't is touch your monitor. Don't touch into your into monitor. My house, look at your monitor. When you walk into my house, you see the back of a monitor. Well, then clean it. No, it's not like that. It's Polish like, it. It's in the office, but facing outward. That's what I'm saying. Just clean it once. It'll be it's, fine. Uh, um, I, my guess is is that everything will run at 100 hertz, but it changes color. Yeah. And that's why they're willing to do it, but they don't talk about anything Well, else regardless before. of, like, it will change color running it at a faster refresh. That's how panels work. The color reproduction will get worse. It's just whether that's an acceptable trade-off or not. I mean, I guess, but I mean, like, if you have a monitor running at 144 hertz versus 60 hertz, how drastic on, like, the Swift or the, your Acer monitor does the color change? There isn't a color fall-off on a Swift. I'm pretty sure there is. If you go from 60 to 144 on your Acer IPS, is there a color fall-off? No. Okay. I didn't, there I didn't wasn't think on so. the, But there wasn't on the Swift either. No, no, but he Ken was saying that... It, when you go up in refresh rate, you almost always see a color fall off. The color fall off happens when you go past the spec. Well, okay, but what what is the spec indicating? Like past what the panel is designed and like rated for and stuff like that. Okay. You know, I wonder words, if maybe in other words, going past that, then you're not driving the pixels for long enough because you're scanning too fast. Right. You're not driving them for long enough to get them to like the full range right. of possible color. Right? I wonder if maybe the panel manufacturers, probably LG, like says, hey, you can't call this 100 hertz. Yeah, but if panel. you run it slower, will your colors become more richer? No. More richer they will not become. Damn it. All right. Moving on again. That's enough monitor discussion. Qualcomm enters server CPU space with a 24-core socketed processor. It looks very familiar. It looks a lot like those Intel LGA parts. Uh, Josh, did you read anything about this, and is it interesting in any capacity other than kind of like demonstration purposes? Boy, that's, that's a big chip. Yeah, yeah, or a tiny person, <laughs> one or the other. Boy, you could really bitch slap somebody with that. So let me ask you this: just looking at this photo, yeah, they could fit more than twenty-four ARM cores in that processor. Uh yeah, okay. yeah. I wonder how many pins that is. It's it's like it's got to be like two thousand, four thousand. You think that many? Oh man. Well, think of how big a twenty eleven processor is, and the pitch yeah. is probably the same. So. <laughs> That's, That's a lot of pins. <clears throat> you know, ARM for server is nothing new. Uh, some, a lot of people have been pushing for it. They've been hoping that it works. And uh, Qualcomm is, is giving them a better reason for doing this. Something a little bit more integrated, something that is more engineered. Something that actually works. It's got a platform that they can actually show off. And, right. uh, you know, it's, it's not like ARM is... 
a bad for processing power because you can shove a lot of cores in there and those cores are very small and they're power efficient and they can do a lot of threads and a lot of things at once maybe not as fast as a Xeon mm -hmm. but uh, when you're just talking about something that doesn't need a huge performance but certainly could use a lot of threads then these are fantastic and they're not going to consume a lot of power I'm curious what the 24 core variant actually consumes in terms of power I would guess it would probably be 25 to 45 watts and that's uh, that's kind of insane when you think about the potential processing power and the parallelization that you were seeing with this uh, type of setup but a lot of it also depends on the infrastructure around it I mean a chip could work well but you gotta have IO you gotta have peripherals there's a lot more to it and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, certainly, you know, AMD has uh, you know pushed that with with their server um, products. Uh, before that, C Micro was dipping into the ARM ecosphere uh, ecosystem, right. and uh, certainly Nvidia is interested in this as well because they're another ARM licensee. Uh, so far, we've only seen them in a lot of cell phones. We've got a couple of interesting laptops that are coming out. Yep. And, uh, yeah, servers are certainly the area where we would be more interested to see in that something that doesn't need to be high performance but handle a lot of threats effectively and efficiently. And this is certainly an area where they could do well. But we're going to see. We shall and see. who knows? We shall soon. Uh, moving on. Oh, did you guys uh, play any Star Wars Battlefront this weekend? I watched or, you play some. What, what was it? Was it this weekend? I played like yeah. five minutes. You only played five minutes? Yeah. I mean, I was well, well, it, the affinity is broken in it. So you it scope sure in on somebody is. and your scope on your left screen and you don't know what the <laughs> hell you're shooting at. Yeah. That's that's Bad. disorienting. That's oh, how the Star well, Wars universe really works. Was. Yeah. yeah, and that, of course I was playing as a stormtrooper, which explains a lot of things. You just kept missing. Yeah, I did see a uh, uh, like a, a video or an animated GIF or something on Twitter. It was like um, that the developers were really taking uh, canon to heart, and they were playing the single player campaign on like very easy. And he just like was standing in front of. Uh, a stormtrooper who kept <laughs> just shooting and the lasers just kept going, going around him and he kept getting closer to him and closer to him until he was like you know within reaching distance of it and it, like every eighth laser <laughs> shot was hitting oh he it got like really two funny. out of 17 or 18 he's got to be a captain yeah like, that's impressive yeah uh. it's pretty funny uh i played some of this i know ken played some of this uh and it's pretty awesome uh, I took. I was playing some of it on that FreeSync 3440 by 1440 monitor that we were just talking about, and I took some screenshots. And the screenshots don't do it justice. Like, like you have to just just watching like, someone else play the game. It's beautiful in motion. Like, yeah. yeah, it really, yeah. it really is. And just, if I, let me zoom out. I mean, it here. really is just you know. Like that's awesome looking. Like it, it, it's truly, truly impressive. And again, in motion, it looks a lot better. Also, I like the screenshot <laughs> because I'm about to die. Notice this. <laughs> Like I was, I was looking up to, and I was looking for the F10 button to take a screenshot, and then immediately after taking the screenshot, who shot first? Uh, they did for sure. <laughs> they did for sure. 
Um, there's another one here. So like if I look at uh, this one, it's hard to, again, it's hard to tell in the screenshots. So here we're on the Hoth level. Uh, you've got a store, uh, a star destroyer. What? No. Hang on. Hang on. You better get this. I'm not going to. I will revoke your Star Trek geek card. Imperator class? It's a Star Destroyer. Yeah, that is a Star That's a Star Destroyer. Destroyer. What are you talking about? It's an Imperator class. Uh, But if you look in the skybox here, besides being gorgeous, this is a TIE fighter and or X-Wing that just exploded. (laughs) That happens often. Yeah, it does happen a lot. And and or lands in front of you as a steaming wreck. That's true. There's battles going on on, on, uh, in the sky area there. And And it's... It's very alive. It's it's awesome looking. Uh, uh, it's this, a little unbalanced, but you know, beta. Well, yeah, it's a beta. It looks gorgeous. Uh, the sound effects are awesome. Yeah, the music changes like right. Yeah, when Darth Vader shows up, here he is in my scopes yeah. as I get ready to shoot him in the big fat head. You, like you not get just, ready to shoot him below the chin. Not just when he's close, but when he's in your field of view. Like there was one part where you were coming up over this hill and he like he was like walking by. Yep. Like way in the distance, right? And as soon as you saw like a part of the helmet, the music the just March. all of a sudden got dark yep. and started playing Imperial March. Yeah, it was just like wow. So did you teabag him when you killed him? He didn't know we only Actually, I over. think in this screenshot I was I think I was an Imperial. I can't tell by the scope. No, he was red, so it would have been. Uh, and by the way, this guy's name, who happened to be Darth Vader, is "I'm your daddy, ha ha," which accurate, I think, is uh, yeah. Um, I'm okay with that. That's that seems reasonable to me. Uh, so, if you didn't get a chance to play it, the beta is over. It's pr- it was pretty awesome. It was a sh- just a ton of fun. It really was. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time since I was like, oh, I want to go home and play that game. I want to go home and play that game. I hope they get it more right when they. Yeah. Uh, so there's only two of the maps. Um, uh, honestly, if it were just those two maps, I'd probably still pay fifty bucks for it to keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa! Right. Shut your mouth. Yeah, I know. I want it's one hundred twenty, including the uh, season pass. Yeah, well, I want some kind of campaign. There's not going to be. It's going to be a single player like just co-op wave campaign, wave campaign. There's not going to be a story. Like they're not going to tell a story that happened in the movies. Like, there are plenty of times where they've made a game where they tell some kind of a story. Not to well, come on. Part of it is Knights of the Old sign up. Come on. A part of it is sign up, and you can see the Battle of Jakku that created the War Torn Planet, which you will see in the upcoming movie. That's how can true. you not make a story? How can you not make a campaign on that? Right. Listen, Actually, they didn't have they didn't have a sides. whole lot of time to to make this game. That's true too. Nah, 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 nah. It's a, it's a large scale multiplayer game. It's not a single player story. No it's, one cared about the campaign in Battlefield. Yeah. So. Nobody, here's the, yeah, here's nobody the thing, though. As pretty as it looks. It's kind of wasted not to have a campaign to play through with no, that not. engine. Because all these games, so like they put a six hour campaign in here. And you know what? You're going to spend 60 hours on the multiplayer. So the more important part is this the they're releasing the new Call of Duty game on old consoles without the single player campaign at all. Hmm. They're only releasing yeah, the multiplayer. That's version. Call of Duty. I'm just saying it's a multiplayer online Hey, hey guess what? You guys like Battlefield 2? Remember Battlefield 2? How awesome that was? Didn't have, didn't a, have a campaign. It's true. It didn't have shit. <laughs> it had everything that made it awesome. Yeah, and I it guess. didn't have a campaign. Because you know what? They knew how that war ended. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't Star Wars. Right? Yeah. <sighs> there will be plenty of campaign-based Star Wars games coming out. Battlefront will not be one of them. Okay. Hopefully the graphics are as good and... In those, 
other ones. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Then who the developers are. Uh, I, I guess real quick, Lexar SD cards. We should have brought this up at the previous time here. This is just an announcement, not a review. Yeah, it's just news. Up to 128 gigs on their on their 2000 2000X. X. Yeah, which basically goes almost full speed UHS two. So it's like 300 megabytes per second. Yeah. They say. Yep. Uh, and then this one, which is slower, but capacity-wise, a 512-gigabyte SD card Yeah, that can run... How fast does it go? It's like 90-something, 95 So how long would it take to empty that drive? Uh, still a while. Long time. <laughs> 95 meg per second, but half a terabyte? Yeah. Yeah. 275 bucks. That's less than I thought it would be, yeah, it's not. It's not bad. How I much mean, is this one? 289 for the 128? It's 289. It's yeah, super only fast. Yeah, but does it come with the reader? Yes. Okay. That one comes with the reader because chances are, like, the reader you have is not going to go that fast. Yeah, no. Chances are very good at that. Yeah. Actually. All right. So uh, this is one we have a review upcoming, I assume. Of the have a terabyte one. Not yeah. The, uh, the other one's not even available to the sample to us yet. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and then finally, wrapping it up, Jeremy, uh, you wanted to point out our friends at Seasonic told us about this contest. We'd probably pass it on to you guys. This is hosted at Newegg, right? It is indeed. It's got a whole bunch of sponsors, because if you take a look at that grand prize, it's everything, including a chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That, that, that Vertigear chair is part of it. I might have And so if you were in the continental United States, so like through you, Canada, Hawaii, even Rhode Island is excluded. Yeah, I don't like those but people you, anyway. You really have to be within the continental United States. Uh, you can actually win... A pretty kick-ass prize, which is going to have, as you can see there, uh, among other things, G- uh, GTX 970 amp edition. Nice. Uh, the processor in that is, if I zoom in so that I can actually see the thing, the 5820K Haswell. So it's perhaps not the newest, but are you going to complain because you got it for free? So take a look at that list of components. Uh, you can apply once every 24 hours. Hmm. So if you think that you're just waiting until midnight and, or just before midnight, apply and then do it just you're after midnight. It. No, they're actually making you do it 24 hours apart. Then again, you can only enter 20 times. If only 20? Only 20. Does it only run for 20 days? Yeah, how long does it uh, run for, do we know? Also true. Yeah. And if you're a loser and don't manage to pull in the, the uh, grand prize, you can pick up a full uh, Zotac gaming machine, which is uh, one that we haven't yet seen for review, but is the, the Magnus Z-Box. Oh, right, right, right. And hopefully we get to see that because that's actually a pretty impressive little box. Indeed. And second prize is from Zotac, a 974 gigabyte amp edition. So, hey, apart from the one commenter that just simply said Newegg is dead to me, the rest of you should probably try and get into it. Indeed. Tweet game like a pro and fill in the email form, and uh, I will hate you forever if you win it. Uh, Let's go to our hardware software picks of the week. Mine is a different Logitech mouse. This is the G502 Proteus Core mouse. Uh, I had previously picked the G402, which was the one that we could go super fast with. Yeah. This is a wired mouse. Start fires on the, yeah. uh, on the tablecloth. Exactly. <laughs> this is a wired mouse uh, that has uh, a quite a bit of weight to it that I like a lot. And it is the mouse that I started using when I was playing Battlefront uh, mm-hmm. when I went home. And I like it a lot. I like the ability to change between click 
wheel and non-click wheel status here. You can change the DPI on the fly. A lot of that stuff that you're, you're yeah, used to seeing. Typical Logitech. But it just feels good. It moves good. Uh, and I had no issues with it. It's a $59 mouse, so it's relatively inexpensive in the world of keyboard and mouse accessories these days uh, for kind of a, a, a high-end gaming mouse, if you will. Uh, and it, you can use all of the LGS software in here to control macros and uh, all that that you would expect to as well. So again, that's a G502 Proteus Core tunable gaming mouse. It says tunable right in the name. Tunable. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if if it had been good enough to get in the show notes, maybe I would have been able to read that. Yeah, well, we had to. We were in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on, Jeremy. Well, I was really torn, but I decided that for legal reasons, I probably shouldn't mention there's a new improved version of the USB killer, which has sort of doubled the amount of voltage it dumps into your computer to fry your motherboard. So instead, I'm going to go with a brand new mod, which has come out. Uh, it's specifically designed for the Steam version of Deus Ex Revision, or Deus Ex, the original, which, because of the Steam sale, is about a buck, a buck huh. fifty, depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh, it will also work with the standalone version you can get from ModDB uh, for your good old games version if you've picked it up. But for all those people who've tried to play or, re- or replay Deus Ex and realized... Wow, this came out in the 90s. It looks like ass, and I don't even have a phone with this resolution. This has redone all that. They've dumped in a bunch of new music. They've redone like all they, the textures. Uh, it looks like they got rid of a lot of the green cast as well. Yes, they did. Uh, all the textures redone. The lighting is redone. There's brand new music in it. For a buck something, if you've ever thought about replaying Deus Ex, if you've never actually played the first one, Give it a shot. I, I've already downloaded and installed it, and I'm poking around with it, and wow, realizing I don't have enough time because hmm. this one's a long game. You know, oh, yeah. If you remember, there are a lot it of is a long game. Long. Yeah, huh. but it's worth it. I started mm-hmm. playing it, it shot. again like a couple months ago, but I just haven't put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard because it is but ugly. Yeah. That Even was if part you of get some of the mods that'll up the uh, resolution, this one does a lot more than that. All right, Josh, you're next. Me. Uh, So at work, we just implemented a new VPN system using OpenVPN. Uh, It's uh, really quick. It's very configurable. There's a couple of little goofy things about it. But once you get past that, it's nice. And not only that, but you can do VPN over UDP. Interesting. Shockingly enough, works really well. So I can play my online games through UDP? Sure, why not? A UDP VPN link. So yeah, many drop packets. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's a lot more... Trouble. Okay, so my boss, who did some testing, he had a really bad connection. Yep. And he tried both the, uh, the the standard VPN and then over UDP. And UDP turned out to be much more stable and uh, more resilient hmm. to packet loss than... The traditional way. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, I can imagine if they if they design it to handle UDP, then it would have to be able to handle packet loss way more. Yeah, so timeouts wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah, but it's uh, it's solid. Intriguing. And inexpensive, relatively. It's like twenty bucks a license for but a year. I thought it was so. open. You have to pay for it. Well, it depends on the uh, situation you're in. Hmm, that just sounds very open to me. 
Just letting you know. Software is free. <laughs> sure. If it's open enough to be on SourceForge, it might still be the case. <coughs> All right, last. Alan, what do you got? So uh, I've been beating the crap out of Excel lately mm-hmm. and uh, decided to try to do it under the new Office 2016 or 15? Which number? 16. Yeah, 2016. Um, and that page I linked to there actually has... It looks like just, you know, what's new in Office 2016. You scroll down and they, they give you some, like, some stuff. It's, like, basically just, oh, you can do this online, and you can do this other thing online, and you can link this with your, share you know, whatever, share, and this and that thing. But it Mail doesn't triage. give you, it doesn't give you, like, actual, like, changes. But what I didn't know until more recently, recently is you can click on those icons at the top of that page to see the detailed or more detailed changes of well, each thing. It does tell you that in bold text right there. Well, I'm ignorant. <laughs> if you want to learn um, more about what's new in a particular app, <laughs> click its icon below. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you look for Excel, there's some, like, new chart types. There's, you know, Ooh, other stuff app. in there. Um, yeah. And I've noticed that it seems to be able to handle the insanely massive spreadsheet I've been working on uh, faster. Oh, really? Than, uh, That'd than, be nice. Yeah, than the previous oh, office. That's cool. Uh, because I have one open right now that's just, like, you know, takes two seconds to update some charts um, after you change, like, one number. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was taking, like, four seconds in the previous office. So, mm. the performance improvement is helped. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff in there, too. Um, so, seems... Uh, Published to Power B. What? Uh, I don't Power know. BI. I don't know. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, it's business intelligence. Mm. Oh. Uh, they did add... Uh, yeah, it's scroll back up a little bit. Blocked by Time Warner, by the way. <laughs> so, I actually, I actually used that feature. Um, there's this tell me thing, which seems kind of dorky on the surface, but it's like kind of a search bar that's at the top. Mm-hmm. And so you just like, you know, you want to make something. You just like type in kind of plain language, like what you're trying to do. Yeah. And it gives you a short list of what it thinks those things are. Like as, and each thing is like, you know, like I could change the format of the chart I had open right from just that tell me thing. Like I was just like X, Y chart, something, something like I just, you know, I wanted to do something different with the chart, right? Uh, curved lines or smooth lines. I need lines to display six dimensions on two dimensions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, help me with this. I, I want to show six dimensions data on my two dimensional chart. And no, but I typed in like kind of something to the effect of, you know, changing the format of the chart. Mm-hmm. Like I typed words that were similar to the format I was going for. And yeah. one of the options, like it treats it the same way as if you were mousing over the different chart types and it was real time changing the chart just from mousing over the results of the tell me thing. So it, it's all handled the same way, but it's like, it's like search for the toolbar or for yeah. Can we of, modify right? it to make it look like Clippy? Uh, I don't know. I see. Make, you want to change this, chart type. Make this chart, chart type. look like Clippy. And then, <laughs> no, I see you want to change this start chart type. Yeah. There you go. It's kind of doing Clippy that. Clippy 2.0. Except, except you're not, <laughs> except you know, it works. It's not in your face. You're, you're, you're prompting it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah, good stuff so far. Hasn't caused like it hasn't crashed everything. data loss or crashes or that's anything good. like that. That's yeah. a good. That's a good thing. Yeah. All right, uh, that is it for this week's episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the live stream. Uh, if you did so, we record the show on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcpro.com slash live. We'd love to have you join us. Hang out in the chat room, ask us questions before and after the show or during it, depending on uh, what the workload is for that particular week. Uh, and then if you miss any of the show and you want to catch all of our back episodes, 
uh, or make sure you're subscribed for future episodes, you want to go to pcper.com slash podcast, and there you'll find our RSS links for the audio files as well as uh, YouTube embeds and links to our YouTube channel as well, which is really hard to find because it's youtube.com slash pcper. So we appreciate everybody hanging out. We will see you next week with another episode. For now, I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Elstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malentano. Bye.